What do you think? I think we're dead meat. Real dead meat. You're dead meat! Go ahead and laugh, you guys. If I ever find a little glasses of business, they're dead meat. Welcome to the Dead Meat Podcast, your horror safe haven. I'm Chelsea. And I'm James, and we're married, and we like to get scared together. Welcome back. Yeah. <laughs> we're back. Thank you for your patience. With everything going on, James is rocking sunglasses yeah, I look weird. today. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe this is my new look. I don't know, man. Yeah. I don't know. What if they're like prescription? They're prescription uh, and blue light blocking and like kind of sunglasses-y. I, I'm pissed that I need a, it's a very slight prescription, but I'm pissed that I need it three years after LASIK. Yeah. That feels too soon. Yeah. I feel like I didn't get my money's worth, but I don't need them, but I don't know. I'm wearing them. I feel like Ian Malcolm. Sure, I could see it. He's got these real dark glasses. Yeah. My hair's long. I don't have a beard. I look all weird. <laughs> That's all right. It happens. You can look weird sometimes. You always look good. Oh, thanks. It's so. like good weird. Yeah? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, today... We're talking about Pearl, mm-hmm. like we promised we we would. I was like, when the Blu-ray comes out, because I want to rewatch it. And honestly, I think I really hate taking notes in the theater. <laughs> oh, yeah, it sucks. <laughs> like, I can't read them after. Mm-hmm. And I miss stuff, and I can't pause and rewind. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, it's not a great time. But, uh, yeah, came out on Blu-ray, snatched that up, rewatched it. Pearl is, of course, the prequel to X, filmed back-to-back. Because Ty West, while filming X, was like, I don't know, I kind of have an idea. I, I guess him and Mia Goth. I think Mia Goth took more of a creative role on this one. Well, Pearl is, uh, the screenplay is credited to both of them. Okay. They're co-writers. Whereas X is just, it's just Ty West. Ty West. But apparently they developed a lot of this backstory just as backstory together for the character, for her to play old mm-hmm. Pearl in X. And then while filming X, he was like... I mean, there's a lot of this, and I don't know, maybe we could just shoot it. And then pitched it to A24 as like, I could give you another franchise with like a prequel and a sequel. Yeah, and also it'll all be really cheap because we already have... The budget for Pearl is listed at $1 million. Wow. Because they filmed it back-to-back with X using the same sets. That's and... some Corman-style <laughs> yeah, filmmaking is, right there, yeah. And, and what's great is that it's not like uh, done out of cheapness here. It's It makes sense. They're on yeah. her family farm that they are still at in x they just had to dress it a little different but same locations same buildings and everything and it but it looks completely different it does that's the other thing is that he decided that even though these films would be connected story-wise between pearl as the prequel to x and the upcoming maxine as the sequel to x which will follow mia goth's other character maxine he wanted each of them to be in a different style and different subgenre of horror. So X is kind of a 70s style, almost grindhousey slasher. And Pearl is uh, not that. Yeah, it's supposed to be like a Douglas Sirk melodrama. Yeah, and I'm sure we learned about him in film school. I don't rem- I don't think I've seen any of his movies, but I'm interested in watching them because apparently when they came out, they were not well-regarded and critics call them just like uh women's movies Mm -hmm. but then in retrospect like a few decades later and especially over in europe uh Uh uh, looked at it and they're like oh this his work is a critique critique of the bourgeoisie in general and of 1950s america in particular it's pretty wild how often 
movies when we kind of go through that cycle of stuff comes out and people dismiss it and then we look back like 20 years or whatever later and we're like actually this was a misunderstood masterpiece it's very often movies for women it is yeah i mean jennifer's body jennifer's kind of body recently, like you yeah. see that in horror a mm -hmm. lot um i think a lot of people and i could give or take rom-coms but some people i think kind of there's been like some reappraisal of rom-coms in recent years sure. in terms of like yeah. their their value and what they were. I think um, Twilight, you've said, uh, the first one maybe deserves a little bit more credit. A little more. I mean, they're not good. <laughs> I like, I'll never say that they're, no, they're misunderstood pieces of cinema. I don't think that that's true, but I do think part of the vitriol uh, is just, they're clearly made for girls. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. And I think that, that's- The target audience. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, so Pearl is, it's nothing like X stylistically. No. No, it's it's like you said, very bright, very colorful. It takes place in 1918 mm -hmm. against the backdrop of both World War One and the Spanish flu influenza, which of course lends itself to COVID commentary. Yeah, there's some in masks. Neat parallels. Yeah. yeah. Uh, her her mom is very concerned about the pandemic, especially because her father is sick. So lots of talk of like keep keep your distance, wear your mask, stuff mm -hmm. that. You know, of course, sounds There's very some familiar. Interesting kind of ethnic stuff going on too, because the mom, they're a German immigrant family, and they're very concerned about we can't be the ones getting sick and giving it to people because that just gives people another reason to hate us. And you yeah, know. obviously, fought Germans in World War One, so German immigrants at the time were probably very uh, concerned about being seen as uh, you know unwanted in right. any regard. So that's why yeah. Mama Ruth wants to just keep her head low, stay on the farm, uh, work these animals. But Pearl wants to be a star. Yeah, she wants to be a star. The whole world's going to know my name. <laughs> Their voice is, it's so the funny. The whole world's going to know. Like, I can't, it's such a specific voice. I really want to try and work on it. And, and clearly part of it is because she's hiding her accent because Mia Goth's real voice is. If I wasn't an actor, I think I would own a bakery and I would call it Mamma Mia's. She sounds like a cartoon mouse. Yeah, she, she is a and Dickensian character in real life. It adds so much to the intrigue of her as a person. Like, I'm already so fascinated by her, but then you add on top of it, she's got this cartoon-like like Christmas Muppet voice <laughs> that's like, great, I'm obsessed. Completely. She also just had a kid. Yes. With Shia LaBeouf. With Shia LaBeouf. Who she is no longer with. Good for her. Sure. Still has his kid. Yeah. So that's another layer of that's a Yeah, that's a thing. Because Shia LaBeouf, that guy is, uh, he's vibrating on a different frequency, to say the least. Yeah, to say the least. So, yeah, I don't know what's going on there. Uh, but she's incredible. And this is, you know, a Tony Collette-level performance. Yeah. And I think, like, if it was just the performance... It'd be great, but the fact that so much of this is creatively driven by her makes it so much more fun to watch. Yeah, she really had a hand in creating this character, not only through her performance, but uh, with that co-writing credit. And you can tell, like, th this character means a lot to her and Ty West. I think so many actors would tell you that their dream would be if they had a role in a movie, if they were able to make another movie just about that character's backstory leading <laughs> yeah. up to that movie as an exercise, that would be incredible. 
Yeah, it's, it's just so interesting because in X, yeah, she plays a, a younger character, Maxine, and then the old Pearl, who's like, I don't know, 80 or something in there, through all the prosthetics and makeup. And then in that movie, Pearl is telling Maxine, like, you remind me of me mm-hmm. when I was younger. And then she gets to play young Pearl in Pearl. At and it's same weird age. because they are to- they're just completely different people than me. They they are. It's wild how differently she plays them even though clearly they look basically the same. Yeah, they're supposed to physically resemble each other. They both have the same aspirations and goals. Both of them have these lofty ambitions to uh you know be stars. Yeah, that's what's impressive I think is it's you know, hard enough to make two characters you're playing seem really different. But add on to that <laughs> that they both have the same driving thing that motivates their character and moves that character from scene to scene and informs all their choices, it would be so much harder to then play them differently Mm -hmm. and make them different people. Like, how do they handle this very core, important desire differently? Yeah. Yeah. And Pearl does not handle it well. (laughs) No. (laughs) And and Pearl is fascinating because she is, you know, clearly a uh, psychopathic character and she begins to realize that throughout this movie because back then they wouldn't be familiar with that term or that yeah i think that's what's cool is this movie she really starts to be scared of herself and she's self-aware of the fact that something's not right with her and yeah you think of the time period and it's like what do you do with that i'm sure any cure or treatment is gonna be the most horrifying shit you've ever imagined it's gonna involve electrodes oh yeah electrodes um probably going off to a sanitarium getting a ton of enemas for no reason yeah yeah definitely some sexual abuse in there on (laughs) the the hands of the doctors you know it's not gonna be good right and Um, then yeah there's also the the disconnect between her and her parents her dad who can't even He's basically a human vegetable that they yeah, have to take care of. Yeah, he's in like a wheelchair. He can't move, or because what he got sick. I, I it would, sounds like maybe not from the flu. Maybe no, from an earlier pol- or different like kind. Polio. Maybe? It might be polio, actually. Yeah, yeah, I'm not entirely sure. But so they have to take care of him, and then his mom or her mom, who is just uh, a no nonsense woman, calls dancing selfish mm-hmm. and is just there. Uh, happy to be in America where they can live on a farm and uh she comes from a totally different time like even though they're only a generation apart you think of their what's important to them is just completely different because of the opportunities that are maybe present for Pearl that would never have been present for the mom yeah Ruth would have never had the chance to think about being a movie star when she was young she no, was just trying to survive it's hand to mouth right yeah like so we the other day we watched like <laughs> six documentaries about the Titanic in a row and one of them the last one we watched was about this uh group of 14 people from this very small village in Ireland who all came over together and then it was talking about just the, the sheer poverty mm-hmm. they lived in and just what their lives were and their dreams and like what their day-to-day was like and then right after that we watched the button that that, like (laughs) dating series on youtube and it just we just couldn't stop laughing at like the you a person from like 1912 ireland could not fathom the button (laughs) this a dating show or just that you know spending time doing that i don't know it just 
that's what Pearl and her mom make me think of. They're just from totally different planets. Yeah. In terms of what life also is supposed to be and how you should be spending your time. And that's what makes Pearl almost sympathetic, somewhat relatable to yeah. people. Anyone who's come from, you know, families who I imagine there are probably uh, lots of immigrant families uh, in present day where, you know, the parents came from a different country and, and they're focused more on like making a living and, and, and their, their children may have different desires. Uh, so yeah, that's all going into this movie. I just knocked over the clock. Oh, I'm sorry. There it goes. Uh, I'll just leave it there, I guess. Okay. Okay. Uh, time doesn't exist when you're doing the dead meat podcast. No, it's like a baby. casino in here. Yeah. That's right. Now it is <laughs> no windows or anything. Mm-mm. Uh, okay, yeah, so, you know, this movie is an hour 45, about, or just under that. Um, I remember feeling it was a little slow when we first saw it in theaters, but then watching it a second time and knowing all the beats, it didn't feel as slow. I liked it more the second time. Yeah, once you know what you're in store for, especially seeing it the first time and knowing it's a prequel to X and maybe expecting it to be sort of in line with that movie, which it's not. Once you know what you're in for, the, the beats happen regularly like there's always something going on like every scene is like oh it's this scene oh it's this scene mm-hmm. oh now she's gonna fuck the scarecrow like it it happens in quick succession there's just a lot of it and uh then you know you you wind up with some really cool long one takes yeah near the end great theater experience for this that we had we were by ourselves oh that's right it yeah was i was great. like i don't remember like we a were totally alone yeah it yeah was the opposite <laughs> it was just the two of it us. was really creepy <laughs> <laughs> I guess we'll just start. Yeah, uh, go see it if you haven't. It's it's good. Yeah, uh, we open with the barn doors again, which I like. I yeah. wonder what they're gonna do if if they continue that kind of like barn door as like a fake aspect ratio kind of thing in the third one, which I'm not sure because it's gonna be in L.A. in the 80s. Yeah, it'll be in a different location. But the the interesting thing is that with X, the barn doors make you think it's gonna be in four three, mm-hmm. and then it trucks out and it's not in this you see the windows on the mm-hmm. side, so you're not ever mistaking it for 4.3. Right away, you're in widescreen, Technicolor, and it comes out, and you're in this bright, colorful landscape. Yeah, my, the colors in this movie are beautiful. I mean, it's supposed to be emulating Technicolor. I would say, like, prime Technicolor, like, late 30s through the 40s, like Wizard of Oz, Technicolor. Yeah, yeah. Not, or those musicals like Easter Sunday and shit like that. Yeah, this is like, yeah, I mean, it's it's bright it's gorgeous um because technicolor i was just reading about like the history of it it technically was invented in 1916 oh wow and the first version of technicolor was publicly shown in 1917 so the year before pearl takes place it would have looked completely different it was like a two-color process and Mm. it wouldn't have had the same insane (laughs) like pop of color but i think that's also an interesting touch that technicolor did technically it existed right around the same time as the movie yeah uh wizard of oz is by far the biggest influence on this movie i don't it's know we, i don't think we said that it's this yeah. movie yeah and which was nice that we watched wizard of oz about a month ago we did we watched wizard of oz on christmas because we got the new 4k blu-ray it's fucking it's great. incredible it's fucking awesome like movie holds up it does it holds up <laughs> i still cry at the end always when she tells the scarecrow that she's gonna miss him the most it gets me every time i cry too thinking of the tin man and the lion they're probably like what the fuck yeah hey what the fuck you're there too you picked him up like five (laughs) minutes before us yeah 
<laughs> I, I got caught on fire and shit. That's right. I guess so did Scarecrow. A lot of fire in there. A lot of fire in that movie. But uh, that movie is why if, if you haven't seen it since you were a kid and you're thinking, oh, man, I kind of don't want to watch it because I'm afraid of it. Like not living up to how big and cool it seemed. No, it's more impressive as an adult, honestly, because you kind of realize how much work would have gone into it and yeah. how just impossible it is that it even exists we were saying it might be the most famous movie of all time i i think it's gotta be it's up of all sure. time of all time i think it is the most famous be. movie like everyone has seen it gressel's given us a look what do you think is better known star wars star wars uh fight us in the comments see what happens <laughs> let us know star wars or wizard of oz which is more famous yeah, which do more people know yeah also, is Pearl two syllables or one? We were arguing about that before. It's clearly it's one. Clearly and one. Russell's insane and thinks it should be spelled P-E-R-A-L, like Pearl. 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 She's working on a farm. She's doing performances for farm animals. Yes. She's thinking she's special and that Very everyone's going to know her name. lonely life on the farm. Very lonely. Which is interesting because we're going to talk about Wizard of Oz a lot because clearly like, there are so many parallels. And I don't think there are any super direct parallels, save a few. I think you'll... I was kind of going nuts, taking notes, trying to figure... I was trying to crack the code, you know? Of like, which character is which And character. I don't think that there's a clear... Yeah, because, you know, obviously this. she would be Dorothy, but she's also... She's also Miss Gulch. Gulch. riding her bike around yeah. in, the, in, like, a dress. So yeah. there's a lot of characters working as more than one thing, and mm -hmm. I think... I've seen a lot of really cool interpretations of it, but I the reason I brought it up is because in the the movie Wizard of Oz, she's got the farm hands, the three guys mm -hmm. who... Be, in her dream are the scarecrow tin man and the lion but in the book she's all it's just her and the dog and her aunt and uncle and oh. it's incredibly lonely it's like dust bowl it sucks yeah you it know suck. and the, that's kind of the feeling i get from the, mo the pearl yeah is it's just her and her parents and and these fucking and farm animals, animals that she's mr goose mr Go well mr goose wanders in because he wants to see the performance that she's given for the cows and the sheep and uh she i don't know i guess she didn't want mr goose to to see this he was he was he walked in halfway through like they yeah. they played the little tone in the lobby like hey the show's gonna start and mr goose just walked on in halfway <laughs> through a number and that's very distracting that's very distracting it really broke her concentration so she stabs that she goose pitchforks that With goose pitchfork you don't see it you do see her feed that goose to a gator. Yeah, you do. And then you get a title card. Yeah. <laughs> right to as her the gator. gator Theta, named after Theta Barra. I think uh, all the animals are named after. Because Mary, she, I'm assuming, is like Mary, Mary Pickford. Mary Pickford, yeah. yeah. I wrote down who I think all her animals are supposed to be because she names a few. It's hard, though, because this is 1918. Like, I don't know movie stars from that. I, like, if you get, like, even a decade later, I can start to put some together. But, like, 1918 is fucking early man i took a whole ass silent film course and yeah. i don't remember a lot of it it's ridiculous it's, it's a different it's a different <laughs> thing and it's not really for me <laughs> i i i i try i want to believe i have the patience for silent movies but in so many cases i don't i would if they were all like 50 minutes but yeah. you get some three-hour epics in there. Intolerance, dude. D.W. But yeah, Theta Barra, who her... Is it alligator? Crocodile? Is it alligator? I always forget. And I, everyone... I've gotten so many private messages of people being like, hey, it's easy to differentiate. All you got to do is this. Like, look at the snout. And I'm like, 
it's not gonna work alligators um, are more kind of like rounded they have like a wider more rounded snout and crocodiles are like really narrow. yeah okay They're i think this is a gator theta Barra was like uh, alongside being a very famous silent air actress she was one of cinema's earliest sex symbols which Ooh. is kind of perfect for that character and for who pearl is and an x too you know mm -hmm. yeah fun. x is all about sex and porn pearl is not but it like kind of is it kind of is yeah it's more of an undertone thing rather than the uh thesis i think in this one sex is more i think it's a good parallel to like Pearl realizing things about herself, like being afraid of things that she's feeling so often. Like women are afraid of being or like thinking sexual thoughts and feeling sexual things and are told to like repress it. Mm -hmm. And Pearl also is having these like murder thoughts. And yeah. that also is scaring her too. So it's just these things that she's feeling and what's okay to act on, what's not. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So Pearl's dad, like we said, uh, it was sick and is now just, they have to feed him. They have to bathe him. He can't talk. He yeah. can't, he's just, he's just sitting there. It sucks. Uh, her mom, very stern German immigrant. Pearl is with Howard, who we know from X mm -hmm. is her husband until the very end. But Howard's not really in this movie cause he's off fighting in world war one. Yeah. I'm sorry. The great war. Got to get that yes. anachronistically correct. Yeah, they wouldn't have called it World War One. No, they would have uh, hoped that it would not be <laughs> yeah, the first just, of two. This is it. <laughs> this, yeah, is the, this, this is the, the big, great one. This is the big one, yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, so he's off in war. He's writing her letters about the horrors of war and how fucking awful it is. And obviously Dude, I is. think World War One, like in terms of fighting in a war, World War One has to be the worst, right? Just because that's like... We just invented mustard gas. Let's try this out. It's the start of chemical warfare. It's trench early. warfare. It's trench warfare. It's like the it's it's the meeting of old and modern and not knowing what that means. It's like charging machine guns because you're not used to machine guns. Yeah. It's bad. It's yeah. very bad. Yeah. I mean, World War II is nothing great either. No, but, but in terms of like straight, just just pure like technology oh. and being on the battlefield yeah. sections of what's it's like oof i don't know yeah i mean no war is a good war no 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 but world war one it's just because yeah it's at that weird weird intersection of like old mm -hmm. and new yeah it's fucked i like this one little shot it's uh pearl's riding her bike and she passes a horse and then she passes a car. I just like seeing all the different modes of transportation. And it just makes me think of how in this movie, like we're, we're talking a lot about movies and they're this new thing. And there's, there's a lot of, it's, I don't know if it's what the movie's about, but there's a lot of like, you know, the newness of technology and that it does kind of line up with what we were talking about World War One. It's just like all of this new stuff. Yeah. yeah. And again, yeah, it situates you well in that like, this is a world in which some people have cars, but most people are still riding still around riding on horses. horses yeah. Right. So yeah, she goes into town to get, I think, medicine for her dad. Yeah, she's uh, given money to get medicine, but she also uses some of it to buy candy. Candy and does she go to the movies? She goes here? to the yeah. She goes to see. Mm. Uh, first they play a reel of war footage, which is incredibly gory. Yeah, and, there's oh, like a guy getting his face like melted. That, there's no way that that's what that would have been, but I think it's a very funny thing to add to this. Like, yeah. there's no way that's. But what... they did play these propaganda. Pro oh yeah, war it just films. didn't look like that. No, that's no, why, they would have been whitewashed. That's been, why like... Vietnam was such a mm -hmm. shock to the system is because people. 
people yeah. were filming you know people were able to bring their own camera they weren't the journalists yeah, yeah journalists and it was like here we can show you what it's actually like yeah for world war ii and world war one the the propaganda shorts that would play before the pictures would be like isn't it noble to go fight the germans yeah yeah, yeah. it looks like a bunch of like toys on a battlefield yeah, you know? yeah. is this palace follies that she's going to yeah see? well yes because after the war real they mm. It's Palace Follies. It's these dancing girls, and we hear Wee Wee Marie, which is the song that is like this. It's it's in X, and it's a slowed down, really beautiful that she does the kind of dance in the headlights too. Yeah, after killing, which is RJ. like oh, I love that part. It's so scary and weird and beautiful. But so yeah, she sees the dancing girls, and afterwards she's in the alley, and that's when the projectionist steps out, and she they chat. He gives her a frame from the movie. He, takes out a pair he just cuts one out and gives it to her and they're like yeah they won't they won't notice they won't notice that one frame missing i'll tape it back together it'll be fine yeah and she immediately is like oh you know she's not dating Howard. she's already married to Mm -hmm. howard it's her husband at this point because uh when the projectionist starts talking to her she's like i'm married uh because she can tell he's kind of you know she's a pretty little young thing and she's out there in the alley by herself yeah yeah and like he's clearly purposely cast to be in like extremely hunky yeah and howard comes (laughs) back at the end and howard compared to this guy howard seems like a little boy he does he's he's like a very cute like rosy cheeked young man and And what's interesting is that later she'll talk to the projectionist when she goes back to him and he says that he lives sometimes in the projectionist room that he moves all around he calls himself a bohemian which in x Howard mm. gets pissed at Kid Cudi and is and calls him a bohemian. And he says, like, that I had to do the same to that other bohemian that came around. My guess is that at some point, Pearl told Howard about this situation. And so uh, Howard has a lingering hatred for bohemians. Since, oh, sure. You know, I didn't even catch that. Yeah, he yeah. calls himself a bohemian. And that's what Howard later refers to uh, in X. So Howard don't like the bohemians. Interesting. Mm-hmm. So she leaves the projectionist, thanks him for his little frame, and she starts heading back home. And while she's riding home, the the frame flies out of her hand. Yeah, because it's, I think she has it stuck like in her like overall, and it just like it gets swept away. Kind of, it makes me think of the Wizard of Oz and like the tornado. Sure, you know, it's something, it's sweeping her her home away you know she loves movies and dancing and and she stops the bike to look for it she ain't gonna find that shit no she's in in the middle of like a cornfield or on the side of it and but she goes into the the field to look for it and that's when she comes across mr scarecrow hanging up there really creepy scarecrow i forgot how weird it looks yeah it looks nasty it's gross it had i don't know what's going on with its face but its eyes are really upsetting i don't like looking at it uh, she doesn't mind. <laughs> I was like, yeah, she doesn't mind it too much. She uh, climbs up to that scarecrow and yeah. starts kissing on him. Yeah, and then she takes it down and they're dancing. She dances with him, yeah. And I forget when she kind of sees him as the projectionist. Uh, yeah, she she sees the projectionist's face on the scarecrow, and I think she pushes him down. And then she, like, screams at him, like, I'm married! I'm married. And then she fucks the scarecrow. She does. She... <laughs> Kind of rides the scarecrow. She masturbates with the scarecrow, I guess, would be more accurate. Yeah, it's kind of instantly iconic. Like, when that scene was playing out, all I could think was, like, this is just 
the thing everyone's going to be talking about. I mean, everyone has always made jokes about Dorothy and the Scarecrow having some sexual tension. I mean, apparently in the Wizard of Oz, an original draft, her and the farmhand that is the Scarecrow later, I think, because she's like about to, she's like around college age or something. Oh, I thought she was a child. No, she's, she. I think she's aged up from the book. Oh. She's like 16 maybe in the movie. And then he's about to leave, like he's maybe 18. Oh, okay. And he says something about writing to each other. And there's some more romance. Mm. And that's also why she says, I'm going to miss you most of all to the I Scarecrow. See. Okay. So, yeah. Maybe that's an allusion to that. I also kind of see, I was trying to think of um, like the parents and who they kind of, maybe their parallels in The Wizard of Oz if we're going down that that road. And I almost kind of see the dad as like a, a scarecrow because you think of the scarecrow is the one that doesn't have a brain. And she's the one, I think Pearl, when she's helping him bathe, she's like, are you even still in there? And yeah, she kind of is like looking. pinching and, his skin. Yeah. And to her, I think her dad is this illusion of being alive, which is what a scarecrow is. It's mm. the illusion of a person. And that's kind of what movies are too. It's like the illusion of life. It's just a bunch of pictures. Is there really anything in there you know the people in it aren't real but it they might as well be mm-hmm. right but also i think the scare or the dad could be like a tin man he can't move yeah like you know the the oil can that i don't know that's why i don't think there's any clean yeah parallels but i really enjoyed trying to find them this time around what about mom I mean, she's Ms. the Gulch. witch. Yeah. <laughs> she gets a bucket of water thrown on her i like oh, the, she does yeah you know i think the She's the witch. She's Annie M. Like, I, you know, I think she's pretty straightforward. Yeah. Hey, everyone. Want to talk to you about our sponsor this week, Daggrass. Have you ever been too high? It's a nightmare. It feels like being Pearl during the end credits of this movie. Am I staring too much? How long have I been smiling like this? When's the last time I blinked? With today's weed, it's all too easy to get too stoned. Daggrass is reviving the pleasure of the casual smoke, so you can chill out without the stress. Daggrass is legal, organic, smokable hemp that relaxes your body and mellows your mind. Their 100% organic pre-rolled joints are low in THC and high in CBD, so you can enjoy all the effects of CBD while keeping a clear head. Daggrass also offers CBD gummies made with the same high-quality hemp. Easy to dose and the effects come on smooth. It really is like having a glass of wine for versus drinking an entire bottle. The best part is that all Daggrass products are federally legal for ages 21 and over, and it'll ship right to your door anywhere in the US. Right now, Daggrass is offering our listeners 20% off your first order when you go to daggrass.com slash deadmeat. Go to daggrass.com slash deadmeat for 20% off your first order. One more time, that's daggrass.com slash deadmeat. So they get a visit from Howard's family. It's Howard's sister and Howard's mom, meaning it's, uh, you know, Pearl's sister-in-law and mother-in-law. And mother-in-law. Pearl in this scene dressed exactly like the farmer's daughter from the porn from X, which is a nice Which takes place in the barn that she's in. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They, they, Howard's family, is clearly more well-off. They drive up in a car. They're in a car. And they're dropping off a pig for... uh, 
Pearl's family to have. Yes, and her sister-in-law, whose name is Mitzi. Mitzi. She's wearing furs and everything. She's she's all, which is, I think the sister is a great uh, analog to the cowardly lion. Oh, for sure. She gets scared at the audition later. She has that fur. She even says, we were willing to have a doctor declare Howard ineligible so he wouldn't have to go to war. And that feels like a very un-American cowardly thing to do. Yeah, they they were well off enough to get Howard out of serving, yeah. but Howard uh, insisted, wanted to. Right. Yeah, he insisted on serving his country. They mentioned, they're dropping this pig off at Pearl's, and they mentioned they have three more pigs to go drop off elsewhere. Dro- dropping off four pigs? Getting rid of four pigs? Yeah. How rich are they? Pretty, it seems like they're very wealthy. Like, holy shit. Yeah. That's full-on-ass pigs yeah. that you raised and then have killed and are given to other people. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Which Ruth turns away she she's, says ruth we don't want, want charity she and i wrote handouts. ruth won't accept a life she doesn't deserve she isn't she doesn't want handouts she's gonna work for what she has and whatever she can work for that's what she deserves and okay. i think that yeah it's a different version of that mentality. <laughs> yeah. but i still think it's the same kind of do i inherently deserve something or do i deserve something because i did the work for it yeah okay a different reading of that yes ethos yeah mm-hmm. uh there is also a line i believe it's pearl's mother-in-law who says that all this isolation is enough to drive one mad mm-hmm. or maybe it's mitzi who says it but obviously again more covid parallels since this was filmed during covid uh, yes. in new zealand so they were able to they had already done all their isolation the crew and everything mm-hmm. so they were able to that is why oh god what other movie did they borrow a bunch of people from that i kept seeing in the credits oh, avatar that's right. A yeah. lot of crew who worked on Avatar also Avatar worked Way of the Water. On this. Yeah. The, during a break from Way of the Water, they came and worked on this. Yeah. Which is so funny. Because they were in the neighborhood, <laughs> yeah. I guess. They're on New Zealand. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mitzi also tells Pearl about this audition for touring dancers to entertain troops around the country or maybe around like the region, kind of like this like state area i don't know if it's around the whole country yeah and pearl wants to be a dancer obviously she yes loves those it sounds girls. like they're going from town to town and picking a girl from each town to kind of form this dance troupe you know what i found funny is that in the in the movie of the chorus girls dancing which is a real movie palace follies right uh oh is it like i, I think so palace follies follies follies, follies yeah. yeah uh i i found this and we always talk about this whenever we see like old ice skating or dance routines like the imperfections of the performance oh yeah even they're, though pearl's talking about how they're like a drill they, team and they're so it's like no they're not pearl compared <laughs> to yeah it, it's i mean it's like any sport or art form like our standards just get wilder and wild like you look at um ballerinas from like old footage like this and it their technique, flexibility, like everything looks just, it's a world of difference from now. Yeah, because it's a line dance with all the chorus girls and like, they're they're not precise, you no, know? Yeah. Like it looks fine, but like it is not what you would see nowadays. They're not profession. rockettes. They're not. Yeah. And so I, I did find it funny when Pearl was like, they, they were all together exactly. They didn't miss a beat. And I was like, I don't know, Pearl, just wait until you see some fucking shit from... 2020s yeah blow your mind Some I kids know. on tiktok are gonna so that night she sneaks back out to well i don't know if it's that night but a night she sneaks back into town to visit that bohemian yeah, at looking the theater. like miss gulch on her bike because she has hat. the hat that mm-hmm. she stole from the scarecrow that's right yeah she's the exact silhouette of miss gulch it's so great um she's wearing this long red dress too i think uh or like some kind of she steals one of her mom's dresses yeah um, 
which her mama don't like. Yeah, but she goes to visit the the projectionist and he invites her into his like projection booth. And I wrote that I kind of see the projectionist as the Tin Man because um, you look at the booth and it's all this like sheet metal. It's all this like hammered together sheet metal. It's like this kind of cavernous. It almost looks like the inside of one of those tin can trailers, you mm-hmm. know, if you've ever been inside of one of those. <laughs> and you also look at the projector and that's made of metal. And I like the imagery of him opening up the like door of the projector and putting the film oh, in, yeah. which is like, that's the heart of the the room. Like that's the heart of the, the theater. I guess she's asking for him to love her. Yeah. Only had a heart. And he also like that. says that he can pack up and leave whenever he wants and follow his heart's desire. So he's hmm. all about passion and doing what serves you personally, you know? Yeah. And right now that means banging Pearl. But and first, showing her old porn. Yeah. And she's like, oh, let's watch Pals Followers again. And he's like, no, you've already seen that. Let me show you something new. Yeah, that I got from Europe. <laughs> it's this old stag film that is a real, it's real. stag film from and 1915, possibly the earliest depiction of hardcore por- pornography. I, so I definitely talked about this on the podcast, but yeah, I- Yeah, your porn class? My porn, well, so I ran a sexual <laughs> health group in college and- one of the things we would do yearly, I've heard it still happens. I'm not sure if they stopped doing it or not, but there was a, um, a, a TA, we would call them GSIs for some reason, um, who was getting his PhD, who I was like really good friends with, who he was getting his PhD specifically in like the uh, transition from theater to home exhibition of porn and how it affected the industry. But he also just like knows everything about porn. And he did like a presentation for this club I was running where he talked about like technology and how like basically as as soon as humans invent technology, we find a way to make porn on it is Mm. the central thesis of that presentation. And he, he showed um, obviously with ample warning, like we're going to be showing pornography. Don't be here. It's going to be weird. But he showed that, that stag film. So when it started playing, I was like, oh, I've seen this. <laughs> it's this thing. And it's like really weird to watch because it's like, we clearly hadn't figured out the angles yet and, <laughs> yeah. and what looks good and what's like, you know, nice to watch. It just, it's really bizarre. Yeah. Um, but it's like, yeah, two women, um, Amazing how as far back as porn exists, you get the little like stories. It's like the two women like, on the side of the picked road. Picked up by a guy. Yeah, and... two guys in like a jalopy. And they I was all... reading the synopsis of this thing and like they're like spying on him peeing and he's like spying on them peeing. Wow. And then he starts banging one of them and then the other comes in and she joins in. It's like a full on thing. It's a whole thing. You yeah. think the first depiction of porn in movies would just be a guy and a gal? banging each other in a bed but no, no one this of, thing had layers to one it one of the amazing things about studying stuff like that is you realize that humans have been fucking freaky forever <laughs> yeah, that's like true. always every generation thinks that they're the ones who invented getting real weird with it but that's not true at all nah. <laughs> yeah i'm sure they were putting toes and buttholes back then you know it dude no hesitation the cameras probably weren't small enough to like get in there and like show that. No, I did think it was kind of interesting that we're watching Pearl, which is an R-rated movie, and yet there's porn in it that we then see. I guess it's not like we're not seeing any close-ups of penetration. No, but we're watching people fuck. But that's an interesting thing too. Is like as technology evolves is it almost like a oh it just feels so old and, and the quaint. quality is so weird that it just doesn't feel doesn't get it, it in does, you know 17 even though it's people fucking like yeah i, I had that thought mm-hmm. oh that uh is, did they bang that night 
No, they don't actually. They just talk. They she talk, says, and he's like, "You only get one shot at this life, and if you don't take advantage of it while you're young, you mm-hmm. know." So. Oh, you're only gonna be young once. Obviously, big theme. And oh, she says that later. She takes that to heart, and later says, "I'm only young once." So yeah. obviously, a big theme in X. She also says, and I think this is like a really sad kind of insight into who she is. Is she says it seems more peaceful to be like other people. Like, it sounds like the inside of her head is not a fun place to be. Yeah. And she feels that. Um, she, she also says that she wants to get away and be a star, but that she can't because of her parents. And she says, if only they would just die. And then there's just this pause. And he's like, Excuse pardon? Me? <laughs> uh, what's that? But then he reassures and he's like, well, I know I jerk off to you. <laughs> yeah. He's like, I could see you in one of those pictures up <laughs> there. So and great. I'd be happy to. <laughs> Wink. <laughs> so she goes home that night, sneaks back inside. Her... She hears Ruth crying. Oh, yeah. And that's the next day she wheels her dad out to the pond in like a kind of parallel to um, in X, uh, Brittany Snow, like, bringing Pearl out. Oh, sure. To, yeah. Or like she finds Pearl and is like, oh, let me help you and get you back in. Mm-hmm. I had a feeling we would get some kind of scene where it was old and young at the dock. She looks like she's going to push her dad in and let Theta take care of him. But then Ruth comes across her and, you know, stops that shit. Yeah. Shuts it down. And that's when she says that life is about making the most of what you have and that life is rarely what you expect. Yeah. Getting what you want versus making the most of what you have. Right. Pearl's all upset. She's oh man, she's got eggs. Where's yeah, the eggs? Yeah, she found um Theta's eggs. Theta's eggs. Gator eggs. Yeah. And she puts them in the loft of the barn, but then decides to go back and crush one. She crushes one and imagines Howard's head blowing up when no, he it's his whole body. Oh, it's is like it he just stepped his whole... on a oh, yeah, or something. Yeah, she's she's seeing in her her mind like Howard returning home, and then as she crushes this egg in her hand, he just blows the fuck up. I think this was in the trailers. It was in the trailers. Yeah. And I was like, what? Yeah, I think it's maybe her just almost praying for or maybe just thinking like you know it wouldn't be so bad if maybe howard steps a foot in the wrong direction and steps on a landmine and And then i'm not tied to this you know Mm -hmm. and then it's not my fault if that happens to him yeah then i can go fuck the projectionist uh guilt-free yeah and and leave once my parents uh leave because we we find out i think a little later that like even though howard comes from a well off family he wanted to stay on the farm he chose to be a farmhand yes. and work for her family and then when they got married instead of going to his place he wanted to stay on the farm and inherit that so he probably has these ideas of like how noble that is and how like how much uh, better it is to lead a life of, of hard work yeah, and diligence. Yeah, like simplicity. And he's lived a completely different life where he's lived with money and he's seen the problems that come. I mean, it, it reminds me of like, you know, people like Marie Antoinette where she had a, a whole like fake little peasant village and house built for her on the <laughs> palace grounds where she could pretend to be a just like a farmer or like yeah. a peasant because that to her was escapist versus someone like Pearl where she wants to go and, you know, be a star. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's there's that <clears throat> conflict uh, with their marriage mm-hmm. that's underlying this whole thing. Mm-hmm. Ruth, uh, her mom, finds a Follies poster yeah, in Pearl's from the room, theater. confronts her with it at dinner. Um, Implies that she's seen her kill animals. Yes, that- this is when, yeah, we kind of learn how much Ruth knows and has seen Pearl 
do. Pearl says, like, you have no idea what I'm capable capable of. And Ruth says, no, I do. Because I've seen what you do in private and what you do when you think others aren't watching. But they're going to see one day and they're going to be scared of you. Yeah, and Ruth is just opening up on Pearl. She says something about how, like, uh, when you fail, it'll make you feel like every time I feel when I look at you. Fuck. Like, oh, shit, mom. Yeah. God, I'm just trying to eat dinner. Yeah. It's 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 the the most uh upsetting family dinner since hereditary. It's yeah, it's not great. I mean, I can only assume Ruth has seen her like get hurt animals and stuff. Yeah, for sure. Um cuz Pearl does talk about that later. Um yeah, they they're up, they're like standing up yelling at each other. There's lightning and it's storming. It's a big old scene. Mom walks a little too close to the fireplace and her dress catches on fire and she goes up fast. Yeah. Yeah, and that's when Pearl dumps a bucket of water on her and I think it, it reminded me of the Wicked Witch of the Is West. Is it hot water? Is it like water from over the stove? No, or I think it's cooking? just a bucket of water and because it's hitting fire at steam. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, but the damage is done. That lady's burnt. She's she is crispy. crispy critter. Yep. And, uh, and you know what Pearl does? She just drags her into the basement. Yep. She No, she throws her down those yeah. stairs, dude. And then she goes and uh, fucks the projectionist. Yeah. That's how she takes care of that. Yeah. She finally is like, whatever. I'm yeah. just going to go fuck this guy. Yeah. And then on the way back, she thinks she sees someone who looks like Howard. So she's already just feeling Racking the guilt. Guilt. Yeah. And then she gets home and is like, oh, yeah, my dad is still sitting at the dinner table. He's just table been sitting there that the whole, whole time. Night, unable to move. Now he's looking real dried up and hungry and sad. Yeah. Uh, mom's still in the basement. There's still on a to life. pig on the porch. That pig that was dropped off, that thing sits on that porch this whole the movie. The rest of the movie. Yeah, and and it, everyone it, who it, comes by is like what there's maggots it's disgusting. in it it's real every time they gross. show it it's worse and it's, it sucks to look at yeah it sucks it really looks like they just actually let a pig like a roasted pig just rot on a porch and filmed it it's so gross uh oh you know what he drives her home doesn't he he does yeah yeah the projectionist drives her home the next day so he drives her home and then they get there and she's like wait out here and she runs in and her dad's there here's my dad here he is also ignore that gross pig on the porch because the projectionist sees it and that's his first clue that that's his first something tell. is not then she shows him her dad and he's just like sir hello and, and then, then she, she takes him upstairs and tries to fuck she's him like, okay let's go upstairs to my bedroom and obviously he's not in the mood you've got the dad down here and it's it's just weird. You're probably getting wafts of that pig through the window. Yeah. He's not into it. Mm-hmm. No. But she's saying, tell me more about Europe. When can we go? And I also- Oh, yeah, because he fed her that line earlier of like, maybe we could maybe go, to, go Europe to Europe together. Sure, whatever. But mm. that also made me think of the the psychic Professor Marvel in The Wizard of Oz, too, because he his whole like character story is he's been all over Europe, and he talks about the crowned heads of Europe. It's like on the side of his- his thing and Dorothy even mentions that him. she wants to go with him to Europe, right? And then he has to like reverse psychology her out to, of into there. going home. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so that's what the projectionist is kind of trying to do now. He's trying to to be like, yeah, you know, maybe you could stay yeah, you here. Could, yeah, actually, I, your dad because he, they hear like a like a, like a thud. Yeah. They start to hear noises, and he, he's like, "You want to take care of that? Like, I really can't get a boner when I know <laughs> that there's like your dad down there, and I don't know." And then. Pearl says it's a dog that they have. Oh, yeah. 
Then she takes him out to the barn and introduces him to her audience of barnyard animals. This guy is uh, definitely doing some calculations on the crazy hot he's, scale. He's th- yes, he's thinking. <laughs> he's he's having second thoughts, thinking if it's worth it. Uh, definitely think he's leaning not worth it anymore. Um, Especially when he asks the dog's name and she's like, we don't, we don't have, have a dog. dog. Oops. Oops. Uh. <laughs> but yeah, all her animals are named after silent film stars because she names Mary, Charlie, and Francis. I wrote that I think they're supposed to be Mary Pickford. Pickard, Charlie Chaplin. Charlie Chaplin. And I wrote Francis Bushman, who is like this, because it was hard because Francis can be both mm-hmm. a man's name and a woman's name. But this guy, Francis Bushman, lines up with, like, the timeline. Like, he would have been very famous when this movie is a, a thing. He was a silent-era heartthrob. Women were oh, obsessed yeah. with him. Yeah. Okay. I, I have a feeling that's supposed to be him. So, you know, he's realizing something's off. And at one point, he says, what's the matter with you? And her reaction should win her awards just in that single shot. Because that is the kill shot for her. That's That's mm. getting straight... To the crux of the matter, that's what she is most self-conscious about and has been realizing this whole time, that there is something wrong with her. And he says, what's the matter with you? And she, like, her eye twitches and she looks so hurt. She says, no, nothing is the matter with me. It's clearly not the case. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, she goes, why did you just go cold on me? Yeah. And he's just kind of stumbling and looking at his watch. And, <laughs> oh, like, well, I gotta no, go. Gotta I have back to just the show the matinee. And he gets in his car and, oh, he should have just driven away Should have just driven faster. away, man, a little bit faster. But he doesn't. She sticks a pitchfork in his chest. Mm-hmm. And uh, then she does, she stabs him a few times. And, like, he, I think he gets the car in gear because the car starts rolling while he's, like, stabbed and bleeding out and dying. So it's just, like, this slow motion car crash. Mm-hmm. And then she, uh, she psychos the car. Norman baits that thing right into the swamp. Yep. <laughs> this is my favorite line of the movie is when he's in this car and she's pushing it in and it's slowly sinking. <laughs> she's standing out of the shore. And she's like, au revoir, poor Johnny. Yeah. Au revoir, poor Johnny. <laughs> she's totally lost it now. It's, yeah. She's, oh my gosh. She's so fucking great. It is no longer just like, I'm not going to help my mom recover from this burn. It is, I am actively going to kill someone. Yeah. I think stabs him in the heart. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah uh she yells i think she yells at the mom that like nobody's gonna keep me on this farm and Mm -hmm. then she goes upstairs and steals now she puts on the red dress that i was waiting for the whole movie because i think i remembered it from the trailers and stuff yeah and she she apologizes to her dad but then definitely suffocates him yeah she gets to she goes to the audition where her sister-in-law is and her sister-in-law clearly is really nervous she's asking pearl like how are you not scared how are you not nervous and pearl just is like it has to be me they yeah. have to pick me and, and mitzi's like well uh you know I, if it's not me i i hope it's you i'm sure that's what you meant to say to me and yeah she, she just she's like no it has, it has to, to be, be me, me. <laughs> mitzi is supposed to go in front of her but she's too nervous so she swaps spots with pearl so mm-hmm. that pearl can go first mm-hmm. and uh pearl goes in there you know what's interesting this is why i think the cowardly lion works so well for the sister-in-law as if she hadn't been so scared and switched pearl would have seen mitzi get rejected assuming she did we Assu- never we never I know definitively i think she also I think got she rejected did. But. but if she if pearl had seen mitzi get rejected that maybe would have changed maybe maybe might have it might have helped her a little bit her fate mm. might have been i don't know I just think that's interesting. 
Yeah. But instead, Pearl goes in first. Yep. Has to stand right on the X marker on the stage. Yep, X. The tape marker. Mm-hmm. And give a performance for these old stodgy people who have uh, been sending girl after girl out, out crying. Out in tears, yeah. Rejection. So Pearl puts on her show. Yep. She starts doing her dance, and we get this kind of like fantasy it's sequence great. with yeah, it's like with the, a bunch of soldiers yeah, and bombs. bombs There's a war on. backdrop going off. It's 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 so great. It's good. I, I kind of wish more of the movie had this element to it, like fantasy kind fantasy, of fantasy, like sure. big showmanship, uh, leaning into that you know musical element that again is a little bit after 1918 in the film industry, but uh, it's it's in this. Technicolor era that you think of. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, it, it's a nice scene. I love this scene. Yeah. And she gives it her all, and she's smiling and sweating and breathing hard at the end, and they're like, we're looking for something else. Yeah, sorry. You're just not what we have in mind. We want someone... Uh, what? Someone with X Factor. They'd say that, and they say younger, blonder, and all-American girl. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> and Mia Goth uh, does not look like your typical all-American girl no a very unique looking that's woman when we get the iconic please like someone help me like she's begging <laughs> like she's being murdered yeah and she screams i'm a star <laughs> and it's like i think if you've at any point in your life pursued the arts you feel this you want this like this resonates a lot yeah this is the reaction you want to give but you can't because you, you can't. You just, like, sometimes you, you audition for something and you want it so bad that you just want to crawl back in there and scream at them. Like, no, you don't understand. I have to. Yeah. This has to be me. Like, you're you're making a mistake. This has to be yeah, me. Yeah, you don't understand. You, like, must. Yeah, you yeah. you have to pick me. Like, you the, the, like, fear and realization of you don't have it. Yeah. You know? And especially for... Back then, for her, this is her one shot. Yeah. They're they're not bringing auditions to this town every month. Yeah. This is the one time they're coming through. And uh, Mitzi mentioned that they're probably only picking one girl from each town. So, like, this is her shot. And she fails it. And, yeah. like, that is devastating to her. And she's just wailing outside. Oh, and yeah. It's nasty. I get it. <laughs> I get it. So, her and Mitzi go back to the farmhouse. And, um... What is, so what Pearl brings up like Howard and like basically Mitzi is like well what you know okay if there's stuff you want to say to Howard like pretend I'm Howard you can you can talk to me like pretend I'm Howard and you can like tell Rehearse me what's it been on your so mind yeah you when could, he comes back you can tell him yeah and now it's monologue time it is six minute unbroken shot of Mia Goth's face giving this <laughs> just extended monologue about how. She's unhappy and confused about who she is and how she wants to love Howard, but she's not sure how to. Yeah, and she saw Howard as her ticket out, but Howard wants to stay here. Apparently, Pearl was pregnant. Yep, um, there's that whole thing. She was pregnant with his child and then miscarried and was relieved. And was happy. That yeah. it happened. She didn't like being pregnant. She said, she says, life terrifies me. Um, like the feeling of having something alive in her, she just was not into. During it, she admits to killing her parents and the projectionist. Yep. And this whole time, it's around then when I'm like, what's Mitzi doing? Yeah. We haven't seen it's Mitzi why it's in so minutes. great because this unbroken monologue, you're only looking at, at Pearl and she's admitting all these things and you're dying. You're like, what is 
Mitzi doing right now? You know it's not going to cut to her because it's this unbroken thing. But she's like, yeah, daddy didn't deserve what I did to him. Mama meant well. Maybe I can can turn the farm into a home. And I I just want you, Howard, to, to stay and... We can just love each other and, you know. Yeah, by the end of this monologue. She kind of comes to peace with Mm -hmm. her situation and just decides, I think, right there, okay, I'm going to make this work with Howard. It's it's because, I think it's because she was rejected and it's like, was told you don't have it. it. Yeah. So she has now has to follow her mom's words of, I don't get the life I want. I have to make the best of what I have. Yeah. This is it. So I guess I'll do that. And what's also interesting is that this shows that old Pearl is a fucking liar. Yes. Yep. Pearl and X is a liar. She wasn't a a dancer. She was telling Maxine that she was a dancer. And and like that's how they met, mm -hmm. I think. And that's just none of that's true. That's a fucking fantasy. Yeah. Old Pearl. Yeah. You don't even know. She probably doesn't even know. She probably can't even remember that. Yeah. Old ass Pearl. So then it cuts to Mitzi who just (laughs) I think I should go. Yeah, I think I need to go home. And that's like her fate is just sealed. Because she seems She's scared, obviously, She's of Pearl and, and Pearl Pearl's asks like, her. Why are you scared of me? Did you get the audition? You tell me. You can just admit to me that you got the part. Yeah, you could just tell me you got it. And Mitzi's like, but but I didn't get the part. And her reaction seems sincere to me. Of, this is I why I don't think she got mm-hmm. the part. Because her initial reaction is just like, like what, what are you what talking are you, about? I didn't, I didn't get, it. get it. But Pearl keeps pressing and is scary. And so Mitzi's like, okay, yeah, I I got the part. Sorry. Yeah, I gotta go. And Pearl just like congratulations. Like I think, what does she say to her? She just is like basically something along the lines of like everything just always works out for you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and because Mitzi looks more like what was described to her as exactly. what they were looking for, blonde, young, uh, all American. Mm-hmm. And there's the whole like, yeah, we're looking for someone younger than you. That's an ex- thing in X mm-hmm. of like uh, the older sister, younger sister. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Maxine being the younger version of Pearl. It all, it all fucking ties together, man. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> it's good. It really is incredible how, like, this all just is very cohesive. Yes. And I'm, I really hope they stick the landing with Maxine. Me too. If they can make a conclusive and cohesive third chapter to this trilogy, that'll be fucking amazing, It'd be dude. so good. Yeah. I have faith in them. I, I, I want to believe. Yeah. But uh, so Mitzi tries to leave. I don't know if they drove there or walked there or what, but she just tries to like start walking away. And there's this awesome long backwards trucking shot of her like leaving. And then Pearl comes out and then Pearl just walks over and grabs the ax that's leaning (laughs) up against. And so Mitzi starts like running, but she's in heels and it doesn't go well. And eventually Pearl catches up. And kills her. Yep. Yeah. And we get this crazy montage of her chopping up bodies. Dude. Mitzi's head looks way too real here. Her whole body. I don't know how they did did it. I briefly was like Googling like Pearl fake body and like was not getting good results on Google from that. So uh, I I don't understand because it. It's like one of the most realistic. It is because like, it's heads. like a, it's it's like Mitzi's body laying there, and then it's like this slow motion shot of this axe just cutting through her neck and it's, her body like bouncing and separating. It's really creepy. It I don't know insane. how they did it. I wonder if they used the fabricators who did the the body in Stranger Things season one who made Will's fake body that they like cut open. Because oh. I remember that they would do. Uh, fake bodies and cadavers for like scientific studies. They were so accurate and real looking. They're the only people I can think of in the research I've done with effects who could make something that looks this fucking 
insanely real. Yeah, and you're just watching in slow motion these limbs and shit get hacked off. It's intense. Yeah. Or no, she's only chopping at Mitzi's body because she she gets out the mom and the dad and and sets up this disgusting dinner. Mm -hmm. I think she feeds Mitzi to the the gator. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, she sets up her parents for uh She serves that pig. Hellacious tablet. Yeah, she finally brings the pig in from the porch. Oh, it's so fucking disgusting. Just in time for Howard to get home from the war. Yep, and that's I, I think basically the ending of this is kind of the ending of The Wizard of Oz because it's there's no place like home. That's yeah. what Pearl realizes. And so she sets up this little tableau and Howard comes in and sees all of it. And Pearl, what does she, I forget, is she holding like lemonade or she's like. Oh, yeah, I think so. Yeah. Basically, welcome home. Yeah. And um, then the credits roll and the credits are infamously yes. one of the greatest parts of this because it's this unbroken shot of Mia Goth smiling and just staring down into the camera and just as the credits roll and this goes on and for she's like crying she starts to but cry. she's smiling it's like you're watching a face become not a face it's so fucking creepy like I and we were in the theater by ourselves, and honestly, that was the most creeped out I'd been in a while. It's like sleepaway camp ending. Levels yeah, of just unsettling. this creepy face. Yeah, and eventually you get the pinhole, like the circle closes iris, in around yeah. her. Yeah, the iris, and then you get the rest of the credits. But apparently, that was just like an on the spot. They just idea, did it. yeah, of just like let's keep the camera rolling. And, and it's just fucking did it. great. And it's 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 the shot when uh, projectionist asks her what's the matter with her, and that shot. I think should win her all the awards. Yeah. Like, come on. Yeah. What the fuck? Uh, I do think it's interesting that Howard at the end of this movie seems horrified oh, yeah. by Pearl's actions. I am curious how it gets, how he gets from there to the Howard we see in X where he's an accomplice and like helping I, her out. And I know we won't get more of that, but I do want more of that. I kind of wonder if it's just he's fucking scared of her. like Scared of her? And uh, I saw someone on Reddit saying about how like, she, you know, had chances to leave the farm, but didn't because probably on some level she was afraid to. And same thing with him. He probably has chances to leave her, but doesn't because he's afraid of her. And then just that grows into a codependency and love, I guess. I think by the time X rolls around, they actually love each other. But... I mean, I also think like just based on the clues we get, I don't think he is super fond of his family, maybe. Mm-hmm. Or at least because he... he doesn't want to live the lifestyle he grew up with, clearly. Yeah. He also insists on going to war even when his family is, like, begging him not to. It just seems, like, just little things that make me think, I think he really at least desires to be independent from them. And I wonder if leaving the farm, leaving Pearl, in his mind is like, I can't go back now. You know, I've yeah. done, I've I've committed this much and I've gone this far it's like almost a pride thing, maybe. I don't yeah. I don't know. And and I kind of want Maxine to be the end of it just because, you know, trilogies are good. And we rarely Oh, get... what are there rumors that there's a fourth? No, but I'm saying uh Oh, in terms of like Pearl and Howard. Pearl and Howard. Yeah, Cause, I don't Because like there's a big gap between nineteen eighteen and nineteen seventy-nine yeah. when exit you could show these characters in the fifties and I would be intrigued by it, you know, show them in the forties. Like that's a big gap in between those years to fill in if you want. And I'd check it out. But on the other hand, 
trilogies are nice, you know, three-act structures that you'd rarely get anymore. Like, Scream was a trilogy for a long time, and then that got broken up. Evil Dead was a trilogy, I guess the original still is, but, like, that used to be a thing, you know? Godfather and and Star Wars originally. Uh, yeah. So I kind of want this to just be a trilogy. I don't know. We'll see what happens. Yeah. But uh, that's Pearl. That's Pearl. I love... Yeah. It's a, it's great. Like, it's I... Great. I Really, really like both of these movies a lot. Mm-hmm. I think I do prefer... I don't I, know. I, I've always been saying I prefer X a little bit, but they're so close. Yeah. Like, they're pretty damn close. Yeah. For, I, I think I just... I love X, so... Yeah. They're so different, too. Yeah. If you didn't like X, you might still like Pearl, because mm-hmm. it's just such a different movie. And uh, I think it's amazing that we're seeing Ty West and Mia Goth do these clearly very well-made films in real time and just like these class instant classics yeah you know? i know pearl's instantly very iconic yeah yeah we're we're living in such a good <laughs> i time know horror, yes dude. we are yeah. so fucking cool um pearl is a contestant <gasps> in the horror royal rumble That'll be coming out this Friday. Yep. Uh, I think I'm going to premiere it on the channel maybe at noon, but I'm going to do a premiere so there can be, be like the a live 27th. chat and stuff. The 27th. Yes. Chelsea if you made... didn't know, I made 30 horror characters in WWE 2K19. <laughs> I use that because the char- I think the character creator is faster, and it, 30 characters is a lot. We gave them all <laughs> custom entrances, move sets, and then did commentary over a 30-person Royal Rumble uh, without knowing how it would go or who would win. So mm-hmm. it's a great time. One of the more <laughs> stupidly ambitious things we've tried to do for the channel that we didn't have to do at yeah, all. Yeah, we did it pretty last minute, too. It was like a week ago. We were like, could we make this happen? And I, I don't think know, it's going to happen. Yeah, for sure. It's going to be a lot of fun. So please check that out. <laughs> Yeah, that's on Friday. Friday. Hell yeah. Uh, Otherwise, you can follow Dead Meat on social media at Dead Meat James on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. And I'm at Carebeck, C-A-R-E-B-E-C-C on Twitter and Instagram. And if you want merch, DeadMeatStore.com is the Valentine's Day. Oh, it's up. Yeah, we've got new Valentine's Day merch. It's really cute. Yeah, it's uh, based on the podcast. We like to get scared together. Mm -hmm. And uh, also like a little knife and a heart like pendant thing. Mm -hmm. It's really cool. People like them. Check them out. Great. Uh, Yeah, props to Ben, former assistant, now brand Brand manager manager. of Dead Meat. He's been killing it with the merch. And as always, thanks to James Gressel for running the show back there in the corner and screaming at us without a mic when we ask him what (laughs) we think the most famous movie is. Let us know. Yeah. Star Wars or, or, or Star Wizard Wars. You're going to get people who are going to say Avengers. That's not. It's not Avengers. It's not. Avengers. Don't bother replying if your answer is Avengers. Yeah. No, it's the podcast audience, man. I don't think they're That's saying that. Yeah. <laughs> All right, cool. Until next time, I'm Chelsea. And I'm James. And this has been the Dead Meat Podcast. <laughs>